0: My name is Scott Chaloner, and this is the Leaders' Council podcast for the people who run the country and the people who keep the country running. You join us on what is a cool but sunny winter morning here in the capital, and I am delighted to say that joining me on today's show to hopefully add even more brightness to affairs today is Billy Hutchinson, director at Leicester's Packaging. Um, Billy, welcome, and thank you so much for joining us on today's programme.
1: Great to, great to be on
0: here. Now, uh, Billy, just to sort of set the scene for those listeners that may not be familiar with yourself and your business. Uh, Lester's Packaging, you're a family-run business. You've been around since uh, the 80s, I think I'm right in saying. And your specialism is the design and production of heavy-duty corrugated packaging solutions, isn't it, if I'm correct in saying?
1: It is, yes. We've, uh, we've been a designer manufacturer now uh, for just shy of 40 years. Um, Family run. I'm obviously active MD. Um, we, we sort of dual role within the business. My brother runs operations in terms of production and I run all the commercials.
0: Yeah, really interesting. I can imagine that in your, I think it's um, around about sort of 12, 13 years with the business this year, isn't it? for uh, For yourself. Yeah. Um, the challenge of the last sort of couple of years has been something that perhaps you've sort of weren't expecting or have never really dealt with in your sort of management career before. Um, We should sort of address that and talk about the significance of the COVID-19 challenge because it has brought such sort of difficulty to so many businesses. Um, For a packing material specialist such as yourself, um, how has it sort of affected you operationally?
1: To be honest with you, sort of, As the pandemic um, kicked off, we had just made the single biggest investment in Leicester's history. Uh, We invested three and a half million pound in a new production line. Mm. Um, Just as they started to shut borders, we got engineers from Taiwan, Italy, France, um, all on site, all wanting to exit the country before they shut the borders. so in terms of, for, for us, the initial scarcity of having no training and having a three and a half million quid debt sat on the floor, um, the potential that it could just be a very expensive ornament because we didn't know how to use it. But obviously, us as a business and the and the can-do mentality, we, we've had to self-teach uh, and, and sort of worked our way through it. The first initial couple of weeks was a little bit sort of, touch-and-go where we didn't know what was going to happen. But because we're sort of critical supply um, in mm-hmm. terms of pharmaceuticals, in terms of food supply, uh, the business sort of stabilised very, very quickly. Um, we obviously put all the precautions in place for us to be functional. So All the social distancing, we put sort of um, radio headsets on all the team members so they didn't have to stand next to one another whilst talking. Obviously, regular sanitising of stations and all all the usual regular cleaning and, and, and things that we needed to do to make us COVID safe.
0: Yeah, makes perfect sense, and um, I can imagine as well. Given that it wasn't just as simple as shifting sort of all of your workforce to sort of remote working, because you simply can't do that in your line of work, um, was it sort of easy to kind of maintain sort of stuff, morale, and well-being during this time? Because I can imagine in those early weeks there was probably a little bit of anxiety amongst one or two about maybe yeah, coming into was, work. There yeah, there
1: was a lot. There was a lot of fear, but obviously mm. through the Strong team ethos that we've got. We, we managed to negate around it and, and sort of give everybody the reassurances that they need. Put made people comfortable at the level that they needed to be comfortable at in terms of if the wearing face masks, sort of regular hand sanitising, uh, and just just doing as much as we possibly could. Obviously, we went to um, weekly lateral flow testing um, just to sort of. Put everybody, at, at, at everybody's peace of mind, uh, put everybody's mind at rest, that they're not sort of uh, in an av- environment where the sort of COVID being spread amongst themselves.
0: And if we sort of address this from sort of a leadership through a crisis perspective, I can imagine you probably come through this having sort of learned quite a lot from what has been quite a challenging experience.
1: Yeah. I've uh, absolutely. In terms of us, we've have, we've had to shift our whole business strategy. We were very much predominantly automotive-led in uh in in, in the, the sectors that we supplied, so tier one, tier two automotive, a lot of industrial um, sort of packaging that that we, that we we predominantly supplied that come to a grinding halt. Um, obviously, Jaguar Land Rover mm. is a a big source of income for the west midlands in terms not just predominantly supplying jaguar land rover but everybody who feeds into that automotive sector um pretty much dried up overnight so we have to switch our strategy very quickly to a lot of your online so we do a lot of packaging for sort of online mail subscription companies now we do a lot for your online um wine beer and spirit companies a lot of Food, online food companies, um, because people's buying habits change so quickly, uh, we just have to shift our strategy. And we're we're lucky enough that we've got in-house sort of digital marketing that's able to constantly revisit this and look where the trends are and look where we can ultimately make our mark.
0: And having found sort of those alternative income streams during the pandemic, I can imagine that you're planning on sort of keeping those as part of the business strategy, sort of moving into the long-term now, even when COVID is no longer an immediate and present danger.
1: Uh, absolutely. And, and for us, I don't think people's buying habits are going to return to the way they were uh, in, in any hurry. So I think we live in an era now of convenience. I think we we rely heavily on online e-retail, and and I I believe it's now the future of of the way that day-to-day people and their buying habits will will, will continue to sort of funnel through that avenue rather than your Mm -hmm. traditional bricks and mortar to go to the shop to buy things. Predominantly everything comes online and everything comes in a box.
0: Exactly right. And with people sort of during and after the pandemic having talked about the next big challenge that we're going to face being the climate emergency, I suppose sustainability for a business like yourselves is going to be very high on the agenda moving forward as well. Absolutely.
1: So so for us, we've already taken the steps on that. So Mm. we're a carbon neutral company. Um, We're obviously FSC accredited, everything that we supply. from a sustainability point of view, uh, every box that we supply is predominantly—I think it's 80% recycled fibres, that's fully recyclable. Um, obviously, with the incumbent plastic tax, there's a lot more new markets opening up, and people are sort of open to uh, what was a, an unchanged business because they just wrap stuff in polythene. They they use plastic buffers. We we're, we're doing sort of plastic design network now on a weekly basis Uh, and again it's becoming a large source of our income stream.
0: Yeah and um, when people are sort of looking at how sustainable businesses are when they're sort of looking into their buying habits um, as well, I mean if you're going to be retaining clients you've got to be thinking about these things as well because it's sort of coming much much higher on um, people's individual priorities isn't it?
1: Exactly that, exactly that and I think That will only accelerate further um as people become a lot more aware of their sort of impact on the planet and sort of the way that their consumer their consumer habits sort of have effects knock-on effects to the planet
0: exactly right and just thinking about uh, the sort of next 12 months, uh, just before we wrap things up on the uh, the programme today, Billy, um, having sort of entered this new year and sort of got through the last couple of years that have been blighted by COVID, um, things are starting to look a little bit better now. So what is the business really looking to achieve in the next 12 months, would you say?
1: Yeah, so for us, obviously we, we've grew exponentially through the pandemic um, purely on the fact that there's been such, old industry where people buy from the the big corporates um, Mm. that they're now, their sort of supply chain, they're struggling to keep up with demand because people's consumer habits have changed so quickly. So their capacities are are sort of stretched with material material shortages, labour shortages, um, sort of increase in your sort of your energies as well we, we, we've become this sort of viable alternative to to sort of your big blue chip corp company so we've stood into that that sort of that spot and grew by i think about 130 percent in mm. two years um so for for us the, the, the next year is again we're looking for acquisition so we're looking to buy uh, other businesses in our field with different capabilities. We're looking to buy other businesses that supply into our supply chain. So we've already got a transport business. We're looking for creating almost an eco bubble for the Leicester's group where we own the people that supply the inks into us. We own the people who supply our tooling and and creating that sort of... uh, the the sort of circular economy within our own
0: Mm. group it's quite amazing isn't it just how sort of smaller businesses can pivot so much more easily than some of those big corporates that we've uh, touched on uh, there and it's an exciting time for leicester's isn't it with that sort of network of businesses really expanding into that circular economy and i think over the next uh, 12 months it's certainly going to be something to keep an eye on and i think as well billy um as we yeah yeah carry on
1: absolutely and and for us it it's it's a very exciting journey we're we're in a we're entering into an era now where digital mm. for us is is massive um and just sort of we've been almost the unsung heroes for a few years and we're sort of stepping out into the spotlight now um and showing people what what we can do um and like i said becoming that
0: I think it's going to be something to really keep an eye on over the uh, the next year that and um, I'd love to perhaps even welcome you back onto the show in future just to see how some of those acquisitions are coming along and how that sort of network is really starting to grow. Um, until hopefully we do touch base again, Billy. It's been a real pleasure welcoming you onto the uh, the programme with us today, and I've really enjoyed having you with us. And uh, do take care and stay safe with all still going on as well, and it's just a shame that we can't discuss this um, for longer because I could literally just sit down and just talk about these ambitions all day, I really could.
1: Yeah. Perfect, mate. Well, thank you very much for your time, Scott, and I look forward to speaking to you soon.
0: Uh, likewise billy and to all of our listeners tuning into the program today i do hope that you thoroughly enjoyed the interview with lester's billy hutchinson and if you feel as well having listened to this that you have your own story of success and innovation to share with us here at the leaders council then by all means you too can apply to be on the program via leaderscouncil.co.uk forward slash apply until we're with you again take care all and goodbye